collaborative problem solving can take a variety of different forms that are influenced very much by cultural differences and different personality traits. But it's, it's not necessarily an innate skill, particularly when different perspectives uh, and at least seemingly different values are trying to converge. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Keynotes, Stories of Collective Impact. I'm Marcus Chavez, Communications Director for the Keystone Policy Center. Hopefully you joined us for our last episode, where I discussed a coalition led by Keystone called For the Love of Colorado, and the impact it is having on helping close the funding gap in the Colorado Water Plan. At the end of that episode, I was extolling the virtue of working collaboratively as the approach to best develop the long-term solutions to policy hurdles. It's basically the whole point of this podcast. My exact words to close that episode were, it is possible to get consensus and reach common higher ground for policy conflicts many previously thought were insurmountable. It's a wonder why more people don't try it. I didn't realize it when I was recording the episode just how flippant that comment is. Working collaboratively is a learned skill that does not usually come naturally. You should see how our staff at Keystone Policy Center facilitate these conversations in our work, especially among parties who strongly disagree on the path forward. I'm always amazed by my colleagues, who are both subject matter experts and skilled facilitators. They are the reason Keystone is the organization it is today. But back to my flippant comment. I bring it up because it is the focus of today's episode. Being successful at working collaboratively is a learned skill, and a valuable one at that. No matter which sector or what kind of work we're involved in, knowing how to effectively work collaboratively should be a priority of any organization. So how and where can professionals learn this skill and implement it in their work? Well, stick with me, and I'll tell you how. I started working at Keystone Policy Center in our Washington, D.C. office almost exactly two years ago. Within a few weeks of starting, I flew to our home office in Keystone, Colorado, to attend the first iteration of a new workshop we had just launched called the Common Higher Ground Workshop. The workshop is designed for leaders and emerging leaders who need to learn how to facilitate collaborative action, to build a shared vision in the face of apparent differences, whether within a single organization, between organizations, within a community, or across society. Brad Sperber, Director of Capacity Building Initiatives and Senior Policy Director at Keystone, and whose voice you heard to open this episode, helped design the workshop. In our Common Higher Ground Workshop, we have been taking a fresh look at um, conventional approaches to negotiation and problem solving um, that, particularly in the private sector, start with the expectation that someone needs to lose in order for me to win. Sperber has worked for more than 20 years assisting diverse organizations from government, industry, and civil society with solving complex shared problems. With the rising prominence of gridlock and divisive rhetoric in society, he believed it was a good time to revisit mindsets and update methods around problem solving because public conversation has become more vitriolic and less productive. Sperber developed the Common Higher Ground Workshop along with Jonathan Gertz, a senior project manager at Keystone Policy Center, who also has a master's degree in conflict resolution. Common Higher Ground is for, for new and emerging leaders, uh, also for established leaders who want to magnify the effect of their leadership. Uh, really, it's for anyone who feels the need to magnify 
uh, the, the power of their own influence by attracting others around the table and benefiting from their collective permission, wisdom, resources to get big things done. Now stop me if you've heard of this type of situation before. Two people, or groups of people, on the opposite side of a debate or disagreement. Each has their own worldviews and trusted sources of information, and they refuse to consider information from anywhere else. They both view the exact same situation or set of facts, but come to wildly different conclusions. They distrust those on the other side of the fence, seeing only their cause as the noble choice, and often denigrate those who refuse to subscribe to that view. Some of the topics that we found it particularly helpful to explore with folks um, really reside in the this space that I think of as the art and science of persuasion. Um, all of us bring cognitive biases to these kinds of debates and dialogues and disagreements. Being mindful of those biases ourselves um, can help us gain a lot more insight into those that we encounter across the table and begin to understand why two scientists or um, a government agency and a community organization can look at the same body of information and interpret it very different ways. The Common Higher Ground Workshop gathers people from all walks of life and sectors. They bring their experiences to the workshop so everyone learns from one another. Brad and Jonathan discuss numerous topics and strategies from the physical layout of the chairs in a room to laying down ground rules for participants to avoid words that could reduce the likelihood of a productive dialogue. George Marlin was one of those who participated in the first Common Higher Ground workshop in 2019. He decided to register for the workshop after being elected as a county commissioner. He believed one of the strengths of the workshop was learning from the other participants. So one of the takeaways was the participation of the other folks in this workshop um, and, and being able to hear. I've, I've been in, I had already experienced some sort of kind of academic style approaches to this, but not really had that group oriented where we kind of share each other's experiences and perspectives and I really gained a lot from that. I mean there were people there that were working on a you know broad array of issues, public and private, and that to kind of see that collaborative skill sets, you know, the communication skill sets that they're working on really are kind of foundational to I'll just say human interaction, whether you're trying to figure out how to get a business through a tough moment or help a community achieve or get closer to consensus on a, on a controversial issue. These skill sets are, I think, kind of desperately needed in our times. Believe me when I say that Brad and Jonathan are gifted and knowledgeable facilitators, but they also knew that they needed to structure the workshop so as to spur the thoughts and insights of everyone participating. From my experience, Hearing the perspectives of the other participants in the workshop was so incredibly valuable. As I mentioned before, people come from completely different experiences, backgrounds, and sectors. But the challenge of working collaboratively to solve difficult challenges was the unifying experience for everyone there. Here is one brief example of two participants discussing how to approach solving complex problems. I think in my industry, we have to really remain open-minded, and often we're rigid and set in our ways. And really to be innovative and solve those complex problems, you have to hear ideas that may sound radical to you um, and just be open to hearing all sides and all opinions. 
Emily, I love what you just said about listening. Um, I think complex problems are things that we, uh, there oftentimes is great agreement on that there is a problem, but the solutions and the desires and the um, agendas of people who are having to then solve it, that there's a lot of conflict or opportunities for conflict um, or just different approaches. And so, uh, so I also, when I think of complex problems, I think of sometimes I feel frustrated about them. Those were the voices of first Emily Destman, the Director of Science Education at the United Soybean Board, which is an organization that supports U.S. soybean farmers, and Jennifer McAdamney, the Executive Director of Building Hope Summit County, an organization that aims to create a more effective and responsive mental health care system. They attended the most recent iteration of the Common Higher Ground Workshop, but this workshop had a much different feel than the first one. Following the success of the 2019 workshop, Brad and Jonathan had scheduled another iteration for the spring of 2020, but then COVID-19 hit. Uh, last March, March 2020, we as the as the pandemic descended, uh, we had uh, we had our, our May Common Higher Ground session coming up, and realized we had very little time to pivot <laughs> to try to figure out how to. Uh, how to reform the session from what used to be a two-day in-person workshop uh, into some sort of virtual setting. Uh, it involved learning the platforms, uh, figuring out what would work, uh, and then reformatting it into, into its current format, which is uh, six days, two hours each day. Ironically, it made Brad and Jonathan take some of their own advice and confront some of the biases they may have had about conducting the workshop virtually rather than in person. I think uh, getting out of our own way on uh, on making it virtual out of our own assumptions that in-person was going to be 100% better uh, helped us realize, realize some of the uh, some of the benefits of virtual uh, uh, engagement, uh, including the fact that people don't have to travel. They don't have to overcome that hurdle, uh, including the fact that we could spread it out over a longer time period. Uh, so that uh, people would have time to process their learnings in between sessions and the group would move a little bit farther uh, over the course of three weeks than they did over the course of two days. It ended up being a success, I think. It ended up uh, with us having a lot of contact with with the participants. It ended up uh, filling a need, uh, ended up being so good that we did it again this year. There are certainly trade-offs that come with moving a previously in-person workshop into an all-virtual one, but there were also significant benefits, including adding international participants. We really had to pivot when the pandemic set in and made a, a strategic decision to take this learning opportunity online. And while I think you know, we learned to adapt as, as best we can for the, the lost conversations over the water cooler or at happy hour. Uh, and, and there are, you know, thankfully, some engagement platforms that help us to replicate some of that. Um, a big benefit has been just increasing the, the scope of the program to accommodate people from not just different sectors, perspectives, uh, professional domains, but um, time zones and even hemispheres of the globe. Uh, so, for example, I think over the, the course of the last couple of iterations of this program, we've had some fascinating dialogue and, and I hope mutual learning between Australians and Americans, say. Since the first Common Higher Ground workshop in 2019, 
We've heard from several participants who almost immediately began implementing the strategies they learned into their professional endeavors. One participant was tasked with conducting multi-stakeholder discussions in Colorado about healthcare, a topic that is certainly divisive. He took from the workshop that he needed to pay particular attention to the language he used and the way he assembled the chairs. Another participant is an engineer who came to a realization that relying on data alone would not be enough to get parties with differing perspectives to come to an agreement. And other participants, like George, who we highlighted earlier, find the skills they learned helpful in navigating the political landscape. As for the future of the workshop, until further notice, it's going to remain virtual. But someday we will be able to gather together again. And when that opportunity arises, Keystone will again adapt and construct a workshop that provides an experience best suited for both in-person and virtual participants. Regardless of the format, the valuable information and skills learned from the workshop will not change, and the impact generated from that experience is immeasurable. Keynotes is a production of the Keystone Policy Center, a 501c3 nonprofit organization based out of Keystone, Colorado, which, for more than 45 years, has empowered leaders to reach common higher ground. This episode has been made possible by a contribution from the Denver Foundation. If you would like to learn more about Keystone Policy Center, visit our website at keystone.org.